Hello and welcome to The Wisdom Journey, where Stephen Davey is taking you through the Bible. Following the resurrection of Jesus, some leaders moved quickly to deny and cover up the fact that Jesus was alive. The evidence for the resurrection is clear, powerful, and undeniable. While it's convincing to all who humbly trust God's Word, it's denied by unbelievers This lesson is called The Cover-Up Conspiracy. A pastor wrote some time ago about his three-year-old daughter, Nicole. She was excited about Easter Sunday, and she had helped her mother pick out her favorite dress to wear that coming Lord's Day. As they stopped by a a store uh, the day before to pick out a new pair of shoes, uh, he looked down at her and reminded her that that Easter Sunday, you know, wasn't just about a new, you know a nice dress and new shoes. And he said, "Sweetheart, do you remember what this this Sunday stands for?" And she looked up at him and smiled and said, "Oh yes, Daddy, it means surprise." Well, I couldn't agree more, beloved. From a human perspective, that word it just sums up what's happening here: surprise, death. Surprise, Satan. Surprise, sin. Surprise, fearful disciples. Jesus Christ is alive. Well, Mary Magdalene is followed behind Peter and John as they've run to the tomb. Now, after they've evidently left, she stands outside the tomb, and the scriptures tell us that she's weeping. Here in John chapter 20 and verse 11, we're told what happens next. As she weeps, she's looking into the tomb, and she sees two angels, and they ask her why she's crying. And she responds here in verse 13, they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Now, moments later, Jesus himself appears and asks her here in verse 15, why are you weeping? Well, Mary thinks he's the gardener. But when Jesus calls her by name, she recognizes him through her tears, and she apparently falls down. She she grabs a hold of his feet, clinging to him with, with joy. Well, this lets us know that Mary is the first person to see the resurrected Lord. According to Matthew chapter 28, other women are going to see him as well. But now the Lord gives Mary an assignment here in John 20, verse 17. He tells her to go and and tell the disciples that she has seen him alive. And again, I got to tell you, I find it interesting that the first witness here is a woman. According to Jewish customs, a woman was not allowed to present evidence in a court of law. (laughs) Let me tell you, Jesus gives women dignity and honor. Even today, as I've traveled around the world, I find that a nation that is, is under the influence of the gospel treats women with dignity and respect. But I've also seen in nations that despise the gospel, women are often mistreated and depressed. Well, sometime later now this evening, it's still Resurrection Sunday, Jesus suddenly appears to the disciples. John records this appearance here in verse 19. The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, I got to tell you, if I were the Lord, my first words would not have been peace 
I give to you. I would have given them a tongue lashing that they would never forget. I mean, after all, they had abandoned the Lord. They had, they had denied him. They hadn't believed his promise that he would rise again. And, and now here they are hiding behind closed doors. But how gracious Jesus is here to say, peace be with you. Now, while the Lord is meeting with them, Matthew chapter 28 informs us here in verse 11, well, the Roman soldiers, uh, they're, they're trying to answer what happened because they were supposed to be guarding the tomb. So they're meeting with religious leaders, and they're telling them all that had taken place the Bible says. So they're retelling the shocking events of an earthquake, of an angel descending from heaven, tossing that stone aside. And what are the religious leaders doing? What are they going to do? Well, these Roman guards aren't lying. In fact, their failure to guard the tomb is going to make them liable to the death penalty. Well, the religious leaders never discount their story. They just come up with a cover-up, conspiracy, It's given to us here in verse 12. They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to Pilate's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. Now get this, verse 15. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. You see, even as Matthew is writing this account, this is the cover-up conspiracy out there on the street. Now, over the years, other cover-up conspiracies have, you know, circulated. I have found in my study at least six of them that gained a following. Of course, uh, this first one we've just read here is that the disciples faked Jesus' resurrection by stealing his body. And I'd love to get one of those soldiers on the witness stand and ask him. Now, look, let's start from the beginning again. When did the disciples steal the body? Oh, uh, it, it happened when you were asleep. Well, if you were asleep, how did you know it was the disciples who stole the body away? And, and by the way, how did they move that huge boulder without waking you up? This conspiracy is obviously untrue. In fact, these fearful disciples are going to turn into courageous apostles overnight. They're going to be willing to die as martyrs. And it's not because they stole the Lord's body and and, and they're lying about it. It's because they have seen Jesus alive. Well, another cover-up is that the religious leaders stole Jesus' body. Well, if they had... Don't you think they'd be smart enough to discredit the apostles and the early church by simply producing the body of Jesus? They never did. Why? Because they never could. Well, there's a third cover-up. It's of more recent origin. It's called uh, the Passover plot. This conspiracy proposes that Jesus was an imposter. He wanted to convince people that he was the Messiah. He even planned to, to fake his death, to be taken down from the cross while still alive. And then once, once he was in the tomb, the disciples would take him out, unwrap him, revive him, and he would present himself to everyone as the resurrected Lord. Of course, this theory is refuted by that Roman soldier who decided on a whim to pierce the Lord's side with his spear. And that proved Jesus was already dead. Well, there's a fourth cover-up, and 
and and this claims that everybody well they just went to the wrong tomb you know this is before gps so these women and the disciples you know they got their directions mixed up and went to the wrong tomb and found it empty despite the women having personally witnessed the burial in a in a clearly identified tomb that's been sealed well they they just got confused Apparently, well, the angels would have been confused, too, because they were at the wrong tomb, according to Matthew 28 and Mark 16. Doesn't make any sense at all. Well, now, there's a fifth cover-up conspiracy, which I believe takes a great amount of faith to believe. It's called the swoon theory. And this, this theory says that Jesus, well, he didn't die on the cross, and in the coolness of that tomb, he revived all by himself. Never mind the brutal scourging. Uh, never mind the blood loss, the crucifixion, being wrapped in linen with nearly 100 pounds of spices, uh, being put in a tomb without any food or water for three days and three nights. But, you know, somehow Jesus, he just got better. He, he revived. He's stronger than ever, and he tosses aside that massive stone, and he sends those Roman soldiers running. That takes a lot of faith, beloved. Well, finally, there's one more. This is the hallucination theory, and this, was, this one's rather bizarre, but believe it or not, books have been written proposing it. It claims the resurrection appearances were mass hallucinations. It's even been argued that Jesus was a code name for an ancient mushroom that caused hallucinations, and Jesus' followers were, were all addicted to this type of mushroom. That other stuff about, you know, the real person who arose from the dead, well, that was all make-believe. Well, I I don't want to be unkind here, but you're probably going to need to eat one of those mushrooms to believe that theory. The truth is, these gospel accounts are consistent. They're sensible. They're divinely inspired accounts. In fact, these eyewitness accounts will literally change the lives of all these disciples. Here they are, beloved, at this moment. They're they're hiding behind locked doors in fear for their lives. Just a few weeks later, they're going to be standing publicly before the world, declaring without any fear, without any hesitation, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And it isn't going to be long after that that the New Testament church will be created, and it will be created upon the foundation of, of that reality. What Jesus said he would do, he did. Who Jesus said he was, he is. And beloved, everything that he said he will do, he will do one day as well. He's alive and he's coming back to rule and reign in his glorious kingdom. Well, until we set sail again on our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I'm glad you joined us today, and I trust this lesson was a blessing to you. This is the wisdom journey. We're convinced that your journey through life will be a journey of wisdom when you allow God's Word to guide you. That's why Stephen is teaching through the entire Bible, 
all 66 books in three years. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app on your phone. Once you do, you can take this Bible teaching ministry wherever you go. You can follow along on both the Wisdom Journey and Stephen's other daily program, Wisdom for the Heart. You can access the library of Stephen's 39 years of Bible teaching. All of his sermons are available on that app, and you can listen to each one or read Stephen's manuscript. You can read the daily devotional, read Stephen's blog, follow our year-long Bible reading plan, and much more. You'll find the Wisdom International app in the App Store for your device. Install that today, then join us next time on The Wisdom Journey. Wisdom Journey